Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 182. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I am joined by two beans. We have Chewy. How's it going, mate? Good, mate. Happy New Year, everybody. Yes, Good to be back. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, we also have Cracker. How's it going, Cracker? Good, thanks, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. Glad to be back and uh, getting back into the swing of things, I guess. <laughs> it's been... Feels like it's been a while since we've had all three of us. Uh, yeah, it has been a while since all three of us have been on, but I mean, it's been nearly a month since we released the podcast as well, so there's uh, there's also that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Ten- tends to happen through this time of the year. We all uh, go on Christmas holidays and New Year's and, you know, away from home and there's just lots of stuff going on, so... And usually not much going on in the world of magic, but that has changed very quickly as they uh, start getting into what we're going to spend a fair bit of time talking about tonight, which is Karlov Manor, the uh, or Murders at Karlov Manor, as it is murders. actually called, mm-hmm. the upcoming ha- set release. Have you guys adjusted to not calling it Markov Manor and thinking it's on Innistrad, <laughs> not on Ravnica yet? Because I'm, I'm almost there, almost there. <laughs> I realised- where is Soren? <laughs> I realised today I was typing in, I was like, I was looking for stuff about Karlov Manor and I was typing in Karlov Manor, M-A-N-N-E-R, like manners. I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't not look M-A-N-A. right. Not M-A-N-A. No, not M-A-N-A, not, not like no. manor. <laughs> yeah, as in good manners. Like how many different, because you've got like, yeah, you've got M-A-N-A. There's all there's manner M-A-N-O-R, of ways to spell it. Yes. M-A-N-N-A, that's the other one, yep. This, this is the content people oh, choose yeah, exactly, spelling, exactly. spelling lessons with someone who can't talk properly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know who can talk properly? Who? Pat. Uh, he can talk way too much. I don't know if I'd call Pat that properly. has, uh, well, you know, Pat can speak copiously. And the other thing that's copious are the auctions every night on his Facebook page. JPMTG Bazaar, of course. He's got uh, he's got a, a lot of cards. And I mean, we always say it leading into- new sets but you should go check them out because they do claim lots pat always has amazing prices and always adjusting so if you pay for something that then drops really um rapidly in value because people realize it isn't quite the hotness they thought then he usually honors those things so go check them out always keeping it up to date um jpmtg bizarre on facebook and when you win stuff tell them the bean set yeah very good i like that you just wrapped me up on the tangent that we we're going on and yeah you're taking too the- yeah no nah, we're just crack has got something later to beat, usually yeah. we are yeah. we are uh, we are recording Bed. much later than we normally would so. <laughs> bed i'm so tired my kid woke me up at 4 30 oh, this morning and yeah very good nice times. all right well uh yeah like i said we've all been uh you know having christmas breaks sort of chewy you you took one for on the break team now. and worked through yeah you're on yeah you're on yeah now, my turn. I uh, I worked the three days between Christmas and New Year's, but um, did catch up with you guys briefly over the New Year's weekend, which was nice. But yep. yeah, then that couple of weeks in between was uh, a really long month. <laughs> that two weeks, <laughs> let me tell you. But uh, yeah, back on, on leave now, and I've been uh, been down the coast, done some snorkeling. How, how's this, Shorty? For the, I've figured out it's a re- it's somewhere between twenty. More than 20, but less than 25 years since I stood up on a surfboard. Fourth go. <laughs> wow. Fourth go, stood up on it and uh, and rode a wave. It was, uh, that was yeah, pretty right. good. Yeah. Nice. That, um, you know, didn't feel insanely confident, but did, did stand up. And uh, yeah, it was like, oh, 
that's fun. I remember. I remember that was a fun thing. Uh, now I'm tired. So <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, how much did your arms hurt the next day from paddling out? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was like oh, there's a wave coming. How do I like duck dive under this thing again? Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, managed and uh, and got the job done. Uh, it wasn't graceful. It wasn't fluent, but uh, I did it. So I'm taking that as a win. Nice. I just took waves in the face whenever I tried to duck dive, man. Yeah. Well, that, um, pretty much and, the, and then my board would flip up and hit me yep. in. Like, it's just, I never got that good at surfing. Yep. <laughs> I found I spent so much energy and effort getting out to where you want to be to catch the waves that by the time I got out there, I was so dead. And then you just sit there on your board for like half an hour catching your energy. And then you try and catch one wave and you just get dumped. And then you just give up. <laughs> what is surfing I went except surfing, the ocean trying to throw you out, right? It's, yes, it's the ocean trying to kill you, yeah. yeah. Last time I went surfing, I was like caught a wave and I'm like pushing down on my board to stand up and I look down in the water and I can just see rocks. There's like an inch of water over the rocks yeah, that I'm that about to like surf over. And, and I was just like, yeah, yeah no, I'm out of here. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, it's a bit scary sometimes. The ocean's yeah. a powerful thing. Yeah. Yep. And then you got sharks and all that sort of stuff as well. So I'm not, not a fan of sharks. They are quite scary. Uh, it's, the, yeah, it's the fear not- of the unknown, I find, in the in the ocean. It's all right yeah. when you're snorkeling and you, you, know, you can you see under one. there, but when you can't see what's underneath you, it's like, yeah, no, nah, no good. Yeah, anyway. fair <laughs> What else did we do over Christmas? Crack it. So I need to change it. So Pat is a magical auctioneer. Uh- <laughs> That's a, that's actually a very true statement. He is a magical auctioneer. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I like that you can combine your shipping. So I've got five auction wins, separate auction wins. So, but I'm only going <laughs> to pay dragging one them out shipping, for a year. So that, that is absolutely amazing. <laughs> no, no, I was just waiting for payday because you know things are expensive this time. Pat, of year. <laughs> Pat's holding on to them, so he hasn't paid for them <laughs> yeah, yet. But he's just going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Nice. What else? Um, I, I caught COVID for Christmas. Yeah, that was fun. that's right. Yeah, right before Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, my family uh, caught it off me. So, I was fine just before Christmas, which was pretty handy. Um, had a couple of things I had to get done. So, but yeah, we, we ended up sort of just having Christmas Day at home and then a couple of days later caught up with family and stuff. But yeah, saw you blokes a bit. And Chris hung out, played some magic. Yeah, well, me, you and Chris and played the- some magic uh, in person. We actually had to like shuffle and things at, yeah. at, at one point, which was pretty fun. <laughs> Had to so, cut your opponent's decks. Yeah, actually, a lot of shuffling. Like my deck has like seven fetch lands or something. Yeah, so a, a lot of shuffling. Yeah. So we we played in a unified team Highlander event in at plenty of games in the city, which was a whole lot of fun. We had a whole lot of fun. We didn't do a whole lot of winning, uh, but it was a uh, an amazing event, and like people turned up. Like we saw Pat there, and uh, yeah, we did. I. I saw a lot of people I hadn't seen for a little while. Cracker and Chris were laughing at me, just the amount of like random men that were coming up and hugging me that hadn't seen me for some time. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was great. So I'd, I'd not been physically into Pog before. Great store, great location. Um, the air conditioning did its best to, to hold up on a 32 degree day, but it was. We also had like 75 Magic players plus. There was Yu-Gi-Oh happening and I think Pokemon as yeah, well. Yeah, there was another else. event was going on. Yeah, there was well over 100 people. It must have been 100 plus people. Yeah. yeah. Which was super cool. So, um, for those who don't know, Seven Point Highlander is uh, basically like, think about it as like constructed cube 
vintage cube, except that there's a points list. So like things like Black Lotus and Thassa's Oracle and Moxes and Soul Ring and things have a points uh, allocation and you can play a total of seven points in your deck, 60 card deck, no commander. Uh, and we had unified points lists. So my deck was playing Force of Will. So Cracker couldn't play Force of Will, for example. So uh, feels bad, man. Sorry, probably would have won you a few games, but <laughs> no, it won me a couple no, of games. No, so, you know. It- I, I only drew the replacement once and it was, uh, it was right. Yeah, okay, that's good. Happy to hear that. That's good. Um, so, yeah, so team event, typical team thing. The, the three of us, um, we put me in the middle just because uh, if Chris was in the middle, I wouldn't be able to see Cracker <laughs> around him because he's a much bigger That's human a than I am. very good point. <laughs> yep. yep. So, just by virtue of, of uh, Cracker and Chris being able to, like, look over me and communicate with each other without me having to duck my head at all. So, yeah, it was really, really fun. I I played a... Uh, like Teema Tempo sort of fish style deck. Chris played Lands and Cracker, you were bringing a bit of spice. What were you playing? Well, I was playing Grixis. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it's, honestly, it's like playing Merktide in modern. So you're playing like all the pitch elementals, including Fury, because why mm. not? And then uh, also playing like um, Thassa's Oracle and Demonic Consultation for like the two card win combo. Uh, it was a lot of fun. The deck was great. I, I cast Reanimate a bunch of times on uh, Troll of Kazadoom. That's a great card to reanimate, just quietly. You cycle it away, get your swamp, untap, cast Animate dead on it. Your opponent counters it. Untap again, cast Reanimate. <laughs> Take a million damage. It's fantastic. I had a great time. I got to do all the things I like to do. Counter spells, graveyard shenanigans, and I win combos. And we got to play, yeah. like, fetches with OG dual lands and- you know, mm-hmm. I was casting like gush and like force of wheels and lightning bolts and uh, dazers and and things. So it was uh, it was like it's really fun. Would you say that it feels like it's like on par power level with modern? Nah, it feels way more, more powerful, powerful than, than modern. modern. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah, um, you, you have like I was going to say you have less consistency, but certainly in the decks that we were playing, you just didn't. There's so much like, redundancy. I saw so many cards. Well, so much redundancy, but you just like you just cantrip so hard. Like my deck was playing Mishra's Bauble and the other Bauble. I forget what that one is. And so you're doing that. You're doing Ledger Shredder. It's got Ragavan and DRC. Like my deck just churned through and it. I, I and I was you're just I'm like finding playing a lot of those cards as well. Yeah. Plus brainstorm. Yeah. Uh, ponder, preordain, um, you mm-hmm. know, all of, all of those cheap cantrips as well. So, yeah, this format's yep. super fun. Yeah, the, yeah, it's great. The most expensive cards in my deck you didn't actually pay the mana value for. It's like Merktide costs blue, blue. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then it's an 8-8. Eight, eight. And then, yeah, the, 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 the t- grief is free. Uh, subtlety is free. Uh, <laughs> troll costs one and six life. Uh yeah, no, it's, it's very cool. And then, like, a great variety of stuff that we played against, too. Like, uh, uh, there was- I played against someone who was on, like, full Doomsday Storm. They Like, Tendrils of Agon Envy, which was fun. Yeah, I got, no, I got Brain Priest. Cool. Like, they're yep. actually- <laughs> At one point, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, what else did I play against? played against Mono White, which um, that went pretty well for me. Nice. I played against a couple of, like, four-color piles, like- one had Omnath yep. uh, and like things, uh, uh, El El 
Eladamri's Eladamri's call. Is that how you pronounce it? Yep. Yeah, just went and found a, an Omnath and, um, you know, just did like Omnath things. Uh, he was pretty salty when I um, cast Magus of the Moon. Um, but yeah, the, um, like, I played against like a, an Is It Spellslinger deck, like heaps of different variety. I lost to like Underworld Breach combo. And, and things as well. So, like, basically, like, the format's a Wild West. Like, you can just literally do whatever yeah. you want. Chris was just, like, making merit lasers and um, strip okay. mining dudes. I looked over at one point and Chris was- Chris had a merit lage in play with a shadow spear on it. <laughs> Ooh, that's rough. Facing down- facing down an Emrakul, the Aeon's Torn, on the other side. And Chris won that he game. won that game. Yeah, yeah that was sick. <laughs> He got annihilated twice and still won. Yeah. Uh, it, he also beat a Progenitus, which was in play on the other side too. Yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. Cool. Like, format uh, is sick. So, definitely keen to play some more my, Highlander. Yeah. It's it's my favourite. Like, if like Cube is, like, peak limited, uh, I feel like Highlander for me is, like, peak constructed. I, personally, like, a, a subject, completely subjective opinion, it is a format I enjoy the most from its creativity, from the its diversity. I've uh, got a great community here in Melbourne that, that play it and everybody's really, um, really passionate about it and inclusive and uh, everybody's kind of, you say the word Highlander and like people, people like sit up straight in their chair and like. Yeah. They're like meerkats, man. Their heads just pop up out of so, nowhere. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's good. The My worst loss for the day was against goblins and he went turn one mountain mox ruby um, cast a goblin that costs two and it has double strike and whenever it deals combat damage to you, you can put a goblin from your hand into play. Yeah, that's- uh... And I, 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 pl- I, pl- I played a triome <laughs> on the draw <laughs> and passed the turn. Nice. <laughs> I, I scooped on my turn three after cycling one, uh, uh, a, a, a Lorien revealed, I think I cycled and then I was like, yeah, let's go next. <laughs> like it was- it was not close. Sometimes it, it happens. Yeah. Like, was, I, yeah, I won yeah. a game where I went, like, I went Ragavan, turn one, turn two. I went, like, DRC and Goblin Guide with Force of Will backup. So, yeah, like, you know, sometimes you get those, like, I win hands. Uh, other times you are on the receiving end of those. So, but that that's, that's, any eternal format, right? Like it's a, uh, it'll happen to you once, maybe twice in a in a tournament, but you'll also do it maybe once or twice in format in a tournament. So it all kind of yeah. works out. So yeah. What were you going to ask? I was going to say, what was your record in the end? Uh, we we l- we left early and went and got barbecue. Put it that way. Oh, nice. So you were winning. Mm. We definitely yeah. won. Yeah, I you think won, we won one round me. and then went. You Listen. know what? Let's let's go and let's go to Fancy Hanks and get some brisket. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. That's good. Well, yeah, if you're interested at all in Seven Point Highlander, go to seven, as in the number seven, ph.com.au, and that uh, that is their main page, which gives you all the information about what it is, the rules, the points, and then all the regular updates. They do have a committee, a points committee, or whatever they call themselves, mm-hmm. where they, uh, they yep. regularly catch up and discuss if anything needs adjusting and they do adjust up and down points and, and, you know, take things off the points list and all that sort of stuff. And then there is a rule 
which was added towards the end of last year, where if your deck contains no cards on the reserve list, you get an additional point. So you can actually spend eight points, which is pretty cool, I think. That's a, you know, reserve list cards are expensive. So being able to go, well, I don't want to spend all that money on reserve list cards and then being uh, benefited. That's not, not the word I'm thinking of. Rewarded, that's the word I'm thinking of. Being rewarded for uh, for not having to spend that money is pretty cool. So it's an yeah, accessibility awesome change, right? Like it's 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 really good. You can play like shock lands instead of um instead of dual lands and sure your your deck power goes down a notch, but you get an extra point, which is great. So yeah. Shock did you know that shock lands are first printed in Ravnica? They were. Yeah. Never heard oh, of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh you know <laughs> there's, there's, there's mysteries there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Particularly around Carl of Manor. This this might be our best segue ever, by the way. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a. Uh, there's a new set coming out. Well, before you segue, I wanted to shout out Mr. J Mud. So uh, you guys weren't around for this, but uh, Polywaffle, Chris, and I both uh, were back down where our uh, our caravans are down Geelong Way on Sunday night, and we went over to J Mud's house. He, uh, he had us over. We, Chris and I went out for dinner and then uh, we went over to J Mud's house and we busted out the Commander, uh, the Doctor Who Commander decks again. So we played those on stream with J Mud when they first came out. That was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. We, we all sort of went, you know, those decks were cool, but extremely complicated. Really hard to play on yeah, camera. Yeah, also very hard to play on camera. Yeah. Oh, I had yep. the deck that a lot stole of board all state the things, and, right? Yeah, yeah, which yeah, I'm actually holding exactly. in my hand yet, Shorty, at the moment, because I haven't given <laughs> it back yet. <laughs> yeah, so. I've got three of them now. <laughs> just waiting for that last Five one. Five minutes later, Shorty still. <laughs> yeah, just type beans giveaway in the chat, and uh, we'll uh, send that out to you, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we played the, the three decks, or three, three of the four decks against each other, and... Um, yeah, had a stack of fun. The the decks they really are cool decks. Like they they've. I mean, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you're just spending the entire time just going, "Man, this is this is awesome." They've just hit this out of the park for flavor and and the design to suit the TV show. But the decks were just really fun to play and did have a lot of. There was just so many small synergy things that as you're playing, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, I can be doing this and I can be doing this, and you know, just sort of rolling that on. The other thing we did was we actually played with the plane chase cards, which mm. I've never done before. Yeah, I've done that added, for years now. It was like a whole nother dimension to the game <laughs> of like balancing, you know, do I want to stay on this plane that we're on? Do we want to go to the next plane? Like, how do we want to do it? And uh, the first game that we played, I actually lost because I, 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 one of my doctors gave me two upkeeps and the plane that we were on had a negative effect in your upkeep where you lost life and it escalated each turn. And so I I'd got killed by the uh, upkeep trigger that I couldn't get rid of because <laughs> I had That's amazing. two it's upkeeps. Like greatness at It's like any dying cost. Mana Crypt. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 All that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, shout out to J-Mud for... Being a gracious host and providing cheese and uh, Doritos, <laughs> good good combination. But, uh, That's awesome. Yeah. J-Mud is amazing. Yep. All right. Now we can go back to your awesome segue that you did, Chewy, that I completely ruined and uh, pick it up with Carl of Manor. So, yes, as we said earlier, the next set that is releasing soon is The Murders at Carl of Manor, and it is set on Ravnica. So it is a murder mystery set in the world of Ravnica. No guilds, despite that being what Ravnica is the most well known for uh, the couple of times we've been back there. There are no guilds, but we've got a whole bunch of 
characters that we've seen before on on Ravnica and and a few locations and things like that, but it is all centered around a a murder mystery. So that's interesting. We've never seen that before from a set perspective, and they are actually releasing with this a set of what we in Australia call Cluedo. Uh, In the US, they just call it Clue. That is a Ravnica, Karlov Manor-themed Cluedo set. So interesting. I, I... it's one of those, what came first, the chicken or the egg? Did they make some thing of like, hey, we want to release a Cluedo set for magic and then make a set about, around it? Or did they go, hey, we're making this murder mystery set. We should have Cluedo. I'm assuming I reckon, Clu- I reckon. I reckon the second way. Yeah. I reckon they decided that we're going to do like a murder mystery story and then went, oh, hey, we've got this other IP product that we can- Yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I'm assuming <laughs> it's a Hasbro here. IP. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. So- <laughs> yeah. uh, Set is coming out soon. Pre-release is the 2nd of Feb, which is not that far away. I think that's three weeks. Uh, so usual, you know, go out to your pre-releases at your, at your stores. There is no early streamer, early access streamer event for this set. They, apparently there was meant to be and they've had to cancel it already for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what the, the reasoning is. Perfect. Uh, we didn't get any communication about it, but I've heard that from other people. Uh, and then it will release on Arena on the 6th of Feb and paper release on the 9th of Feb. So we're going to go through the mechanics like we normally do when new sets are coming out and uh, give you an update on all those and then maybe talk about some of the cards. But one thing before we get into that, just to mention quickly, uh, they are adding Smuggler's Copter to the list on Arena. So the packs on Arena have that potential of uh, cracking a card that is on the list, which is a set of cards that gets updated every now and then where you can get Things like some of the secret lairs, the mechanically unique secret lair cards get put on the, the list as magic cards and different things like that. But uh, yeah, Smuggler's Copter was not put onto Arena when Kaladesh Remastered was released on Arena uh, because it was on the ban list and I guess they went, why bother coding it? And so now that it, it is unbanned, everyone was kind of wondering how we were going to get access to that. So it is going to be on the list in the Cart of Mana packs, which is, yeah, a good thing. Means that, but you can uh, also spend wild cards on it, right? Yeah, yeah, you should be yeah, able to spend yeah. wild cards. Yeah, Correct, once once yeah. it's been released, yep, exactly. it'll be there so you can spend wild cards and, and get them how you would normally get your cards. All cool. right. Looty Scoot is a powerful thing. Sure is. Mm-hmm. Cracker, you yep. are the mechanics man. I am. Let's go. Let's uh, ta- we, we take us whole, through a whole bunch of mechanics that are the same as other mechanics. Everything's Whoa, kicker, that's right? not true. <laughs> no, no, we've got Morph. Everything, Everything is, is Morph this time. This time yeah. oh, okay. Uh, so the first one is called Disguise. Um, <laughs> it's Morph. You can cast it for- So it's an alternate casting cost for creatures, uh, and it will cost a total of three generic mana, uh, and it's a 2-2. But this time, that that is the same text as Ward, right? And then- uh, sorry, as Ward, as Morph. Ward. It has Ward 2 on it now as well, which Morphs never did. So, this is a huge buff to Morphs <laughs> disguised creatures. <laughs> you get a little um, token that says a mysterious creature, uh, which has the, the, the rules text on what it is. But it's a 2-2 with Ward 2. And then you can flip it up for its disguise cost. So, disguise costs will be- Different from card to card, color to color. Uh, we've got one here that's defist. Oh, we <laughs> picked a good one. Defenestrated phantom. Yeah, so defenestrated is the word for when someone is thrown out of a window. Oh, okay. In case you're wondering, that's what's in, so, on the art. So 
Correct. That makes sense. Uh, so, it's normally like four white white for a fourth who is flying, but it's got disguise of four and a white. So, you pay your three mana, you play it as a two-two with ward two, and then at some point when you have four and a white, you can flip it up. So, you can use it as a, a combat trick. Um, you can do- Things like that. Anything that would refer to, you know, increased power of toughness. You get the deal. It's an instant speed thing. You can do it. Yeah, same timing as morph, right? At any time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anytime you have priority, you yep. can do it. So um the key points are that if you uh if you block this creature has flying, right? So if you attack with it as the mysterious creature, uh, and then someone blocks it with, you know, a th- Another mysterious a creature. Two, three. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, you flip it up, they will trade, but it won't gain flying and then fly over the top. It has been blocked, like standard blocking rules apply. Yep. So, you can certainly do it beforehand, but yeah, it's it's morph with ward. That's, that's it. It makes morph more playable. More, like, morph had, like, a couple of cards that were exceptions that maybe made it into- Constructed decks like the pickles combo back in the day, uh, where you'd lock your opponent out, or uh, Kai Bude's um, invitational card, the counted some spells. But morph as a mechanic, like playing a, a morph deck, has rarely been like a competitive, like standard option. This kind of. There was a lot of it that got played in the Khans block. Like, there wasn't a morph deck as such, yeah. but there were a lot of really strong morph cards. Mostly creatures and- that had abilities, like, when they were f- yeah. turned face up. Yeah. This, and yeah, that's, exactly. that's why they were strong, because it's an, it's an unknown thing, except except for all the decks where it's like, oh, you, were, you, were, you only played this one morph card. <laughs> so yeah, and that's like, like the combo, they- right? They play that face-down creature, you know you're about to get uh, Brian elemental So Pickled. Pickled, exactly. Um so yeah, this just makes them a little less susceptible to uh, to point removal. Obviously, as well. Well, actually, timing wise, right? So I have a mysterious creature. You go. I'm gonna hit that with a cut down, right? I say okay, ward. Then you pay the cost. Then I can flip my creature, right? Yep. Or I can flip it in response. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yep. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's because just better. After- yeah. Yeah, after this spell is on the stack, then you get priority yeah. again to respond however you'd like. But that's after the war trigger. Yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, no, it seems really good. Also, um, super good in limited. Yeah. Yeah, like- I, I don't know if that's what you were going to no, say, no, Shorty. I was, was going to say that, like a couple of things to note, that turning yeah. the turning morphing the creature, so turning it face up, is not it re-entering the battlefield. So it's not a- it doesn't get exiled and then brought back in to trigger- any sort of creature entering or permanent entering the battlefield trigger, it's just f- flipping it over. It's just turning it face up. Um, so just sort of mm-hmm. keep that in mind. I'm and not also sure if, if it's you, silly. If you are- it, it, is, it is the same game object. Yes. Yep. And if you're playing in a tournament, it is yeah. actually in the tournament rules that you, when a game ends, you have to reveal what your disguised face creatures are. are. Yep. As, as you did with morph creatures, you had to re- reveal your morph creatures. At the end. Yeah. And when they die as well, they end up face up in your graveyard yep. or anything along those lines. If they get exiled, they are exiled face up. It becomes known information. Yep. Yep. All right. What's the next morph? Cool. Oh, no, no. No, no, shorty. This one's called cloak. Oh, okay. And this this one's a different form of manifest. <laughs> which, which is morph. Also just morph. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
That's that's it. So, Morpher like, fest. I, I literally, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, why we've got? Why do we have both of them this? in the same set? Yes, I, I'm sure there's some difference. Um, well, clo- cloaking is taking a face up creature and disguising it. <laughs> So you can turn it face. So you can get multiple it, uses out of it. It specifically well, has to be a creature that has disguise. So I don't know why they couldn't just have left this as disguise. <laughs> oh, but it's like I'm going to kill your guy, and, but I'm like ah, I'm going to flip him the other way, and now he I'm has ward him. and counter it. Ah, yeah, yeah, right. Because it's got ward. Sure. That seems like a lot of hoops to jump through to not have my creature die. It, including probably spending a card to do that. But anyway, that's uh, that's that's the set that we've got. <laughs> it's uh, I tell you, I, I guess if there's a, you know, whenever a creature it, getting multiple uses out of turning creatures face up, uh, or uh, you know, if there's, I know there's a there's a the new Vanifar puts counters on colorless creatures, so then when they flip up because mm-hmm. of the same game object, they keep the counter, so you can get mm-hmm. multiple uses out of that. It all seems very. Uh, there's a lot of game actions involved there. Rube Gilby. Rube Gilby. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I tell you what's not, though, is investigate. This is good. We create clues, right? Yeah. So, if something investigates, you create a clue token, which is an artifact with two tap sacrifice. Actually, just two sacrifice this artifact to draw a card. You don't have to tap it, which can be relevant sometimes. Yeah. Not, not very often, but- it, it's worth noting. Um, but yeah, clues are good. You get to draw cards. They're just like two mana, draw a card, instant speed, kind of just chilling there, ready to go. Great. Just mechanic. another game object on the on the battlefield. Yeah. There's there's a couple of cards that I'm going to talk about later on that um, benefit a lot from uh, artifacts being sacrificed. There's a couple of really strong ones. I mean, we've-, we've And clues are a really good way to do it. We've that. got maps. We've got- Blood tokens, still Blood tokens. treasures, clues. Like there's yep. just artifacts. Yep. Mayhem Everywhere. Devil is just <laughs> licking Everywhere. his lips, Shorty. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Yes. Well, that was that was uh, in Ravnica the last time we went there. So let's yeah, bring that no back. reprint. It was no reprint. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Well, at least. Not yet. <clears throat> yep. We've got hope. All right. So the next one we have is suspect. So is it suspect um, or suspect? Yes. <laughs> like if you suspect a creature, it a then it picks up the new designation of suspected. Uh, it's basically so. What it does is, when a creature is suspected, it gains menace and can't block for as long as it remains suspected. Uh, so it says, once a creature is suspected, it remains suspected until it leaves the battlefield, or another cause, another effect causes it to no longer be suspected. If a suspected creature stops being a creature, it remains suspected. In brackets, if anything, you should suspect it way more now. So, uh, the, which is which is actually pretty good. Uh, I, I kind of like that. Uh, the, a lot of spirits and things. So, the example card here we've got is Argus Cos, Spirit of Justice. It's two red-white for a 2-4. Uh, it's got double strike and vigilance. And it says whenever it attacks, whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, choose up to one target creature. It's suspected, exile it. Otherwise, if it's suspected, exile it. Otherwise, suspect it. So it en- so, enters the battlefield and it makes a creature suspected because it su- suspects correct. it. <laughs> and then when mm-hmm. it attacks the following turn, you exile that creature. Correct. And then the next time you attack, you get to suspect something else. Yeah. Yeah. 
Actually, seems yeah. really strong. A uh, quick law tangent, like, oh my goodness, give Argus Koss, like, just let the dude die. Um, so, <laughs> Argus Koss was like a sergeant or, you know, some officer in the Boris Garrison, right, in OG Ravnica. And the original Ravnica book had him as, like, a central character. And he was investigating the schism. So, the whole, the whole deal with OG Ravnica was there was a, a thing that stopped people, like, passing to the afterlife. That's why we had, like, haunt and spirits and, and things. And he died and was, like, investigating that. So, like, that was a really, really long time ago. And you really felt for the dude because he just, like, he was, he's like, I'm dead. I just want to be dead. Like, let me go. And he just keeps being, like, drawn back to the material world. Uh, and uh, and he's- Now he's a spirit detective. Yeah, and his flavor tech says, eventually I'll give retirement another shot, but not today. Like, it's, uh, yeah, it's, I feel like, you know, retirement age, you know, is 65 or when you die, but apparently not on Ravnica. <laughs> it's when you stop being useful. So, yeah. Yeah, the Orzov aren't dead with you. D- done with you just because you did. No, that's right. Well, right. he's he's not Orzov, but you know he's Boris. Up, but I know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so I kind of feel for him. Like I read those books and I I like him as a character, but uh, yeah, it's like just let the dude rest. Goodness me. I just scryfold him, and he was actually uh, there was another card printed in one of the Jumpstart sets uh, as an Eternal Soldier. So he's a Spirit Soldier. So he's gone from his original card. He was a human soldier. Then he went to being a Spirit Soldier. And now he is a spirit detective. Well, he's been busy. He's been studying, at least, and using his time. Yeah. What else do you do? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> what you do? What do detectives right. do, Cracker? Here you go. They collect oh, evidence. There we go. Oh, where's the, where's the soundboard, <laughs> yeah, ba, 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 ba. Uh That is the next keyword we have. So, collect evidence is a ward ability. So, it's ward, and then it says collect evidence for, in this case. So, there'll be a number. Uh, it is the additional cost to pay for ward, and what you have to do is exile any number of cards from your graveyard with a mana value to the indicated number or greater. So, uh, in this case, we've got the Axe Bane Ferox, which is two green green for a 4-4 Death Touch Haste. Ward, collect evidence for. So, slightly fewer words than Questing Beast, but not a lot. Um, so, to kill this, you have to kill it, and then you have to have four mana value of cards in your graveyard that you can then exile. So, it could be a single five drop, and you get rid of that, or it can be, you know, two twos. You, you guys can do maths. You play magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, maths is for blockers. Or not. Maths, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's there. Um, just to point out, the it's not just award ability. So, collect evidence can be used in a bunch of different ways. So, the, the collect mm-hmm. evidence part, the exiling cards from your the cost. graveyard is, is yeah, sort of a cost in some circumstance. So, I'm just looking at a card called... Extract a confession, which is one and a black for a sorcery, and it's got as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may collect evidence six, which is exile cards with total mana value six or greater from your graveyard. And then it's the rest of its text is each opponent sacrifices a creature. If evidence was collected, instead each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control. So it is basically kicker. <laughs> Except you're paying by exiling cards from your graveyard for oh you mean like delve kicker yeah 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 yep <laughs> so yeah it'll be used in a bunch of different ways but 
yeah, you you're paying an additional cost, which is delving a specific mana value or greater of cards from your graveyard. Yeah. So yeah, which makes I don't this hate this mechanic. Really hard to kill. Yeah, and the Axe Man Ferox is it a pretty cool card. Mm. I you will lose to this at the pre-release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's likely. Yes, yeah, four four death touch haste. That's extremely hard to kill. Is uh, yeah, gonna be rough. So the next and final one that we have. Uh, let me rephrase that. The final new keyword that they've put in their article, <laughs> as opposed to the other keywords that we found when we were scrolling through cards on Scryfall, uh, is cases. So cases are a new type of enchantment. They're kind of saga-ish, kind of dungeony, but neither of those things. So the example is I'm going to do, because this is a card that made me excited. It's Case of the Ransacked Lab. Uh, it's two and a blue, and it's an enchantment case. It says instant and sorcery spells you cast cost generic less to cast, so one generic less. And then you solve the case. So to solve, you've cast four or more instant and or sorcery spells this turn. Uh, and then if unsolved, you solve it at the beginning of your end step. So when this case has been solved, uh, the solved uh rule applies which says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell draw a card so they will all be uh, along those lines there's another one here which is actually case of the filched falcon which is blue for a case uh, and it says uh, when etbs investigate and so you create a clue token and then to solve it you have to control three or more artifacts and then when it's solved you sacrifice this case you put four plus one plus one counters onto target non-creature artifact it becomes a zero zero bird creature with flying in addition to its other types so if you've got four clues in play one of them becomes you know a four four bird at the beginning of your instant Mm. which is pretty cool so i like a few things i like about this like the the sagas i i think everyone just universally agrees has played out really well um, the battles have played out pretty well too in, in different forms. So I like the the space of doing things in enchantments. Uh, the real win to me is that it's the beginning of your end step. So like the case of the filched falcon, right? You can cast it in your second main, trigger the thing immediately past the turn and you get a 4-4 four, four at the beginning of your end step. So there's no waiting till your upkeep or any of that sort of stuff. It makes it much harder for people to kind of mess with you in terms of the timing side of it's it. It's less and likely it's, uh, to become like a, a mini game, you know, around, you know. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And and that was always uh, one of the hard things. I mean, Saga's obviously brought crazy value looking at you. Fable. Urza Saga. Goblin, Fable, <laughs> yeah. Urza, well, Urza Saga's a different thing. But yeah, Fable is what I'm thinking of. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see how pushed these get. Probably not very. Thoughts? <laughs> no. I think that kind of like the battles, they played them fairly safe. Okay. Uh, they were playable. And it was like- kind of the same. Yeah, I mean, a few of them are, but it was the same with Sagas when we first saw Sagas. Like, they were, it was like, oh, these are cool. And a couple of them got played. And then as we saw more and more and more Sagas, we ended up with Fable and the Mirror Breaker. Yeah, I mean, we, we started it with like Elspeth Conquers Death. And uh, there yeah, were yeah. quite a few in that first set. The that Machiko were really one. That, the um, Eldest Reborn was another yeah, really good one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so Good, these but will not all busted, have- but not fable, right? Like, like yeah. to Shorty's point, like fables, yes, like correct. like peak power level. Yeah, 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 yeah. So these will all have a first ability, yeah, that may be a when this enters the battlefield ability, or maybe a static ability, like the in sorceries costing one less to cast. Then they'll all have a second ability, which is the two solve 
clause, which will always trigger at the beginning of your, or check at the beginning of your end step. And then once that, once you meet that condition for that second one, then that second part no longer applies. You've just, you've now solved it. And so then the third part will permanently apply. So in the case of the Ransack Lab one, the first and this and the third abilities stay on. Like you're not, you're not. It's not like a saga where you're losing those abilities. So the Correct. you still have the instant sorceries yep. cost one less to cast, and then you also have the when you cast an instant sorcery, you draw a card. It's just the middle ability that is that conditional one that gets you to that third ability. So yeah, in- interesting design. Lots of words. As, <laughs> Lots as, of words. As I'd be interested to to see the timing on this one. I don't think it's a triggered ability. So I don't think there's like a trigger that you it's can like put on the, the stack city's to respond blessing to, where to it, cast. Where it just happens. Correct. It just, yeah, it's, I think it is a, like a, it's not state-based, but it's close to that sort of thing where like it occurs if the condition has been uh, met prior to the beginning of your instead. Looking at their wording, it does say, yeah, if you control three or more artifacts at the beginning, the ability will it'll, trigger it'll and go, go on, the on the stack. stack. Yeah. Yeah. So, it does, so you can actually respond to it, which is interesting. Cool. Yep. All right. So that's the main mechanics. A whole bunch of morph mm-hmm. variations, and that's about it. Looks interesting. Like, uh, yeah, they don't, they don't look bad. They all look uh, quite good, which is nice. But yeah, then uh, it looks like there's a whole bunch of other keywords that have been thrown into the set, as we sort of have been seeing over the last few sets that uh, that look interesting. We might get into some of those with uh, with a few of the um, cards that we want to talk about. So. We might as well jump into those. We, we probably don't have sure. enough time to go through all of them, but Chewy, you can kick us off with uh, with something you're liking the look of. Well, I, we've got the show notes. Let's just go down the list because we're kind of talking to them uh, at the, uh, you know, when we're getting things set up. And I know, Cracker, you're really mm-hmm. excited about this uh, crime yeah. novelist. So I'm going to read it out and then you can tell me why it's awesome. So crime novelist, two and a red for a 1-3 Goblin Bard, which is, uh, you know, you can bring back all of your uh, party mechanics. Uh, when you sacrifice an artifact, put a plus one, plus one counter on Crime Novelist and add red. Okay. Why is this awesome, Cracker? Have you heard of treasures? <laughs> <laughs> so, I would like to... So, uh, the card that I, I actually remembered that we talked about ages ago is another one called gleaming gear drake and surprise surprise it's an is it card it grabbed my attention but it's uh yeah red red blue for a one one with flying and it says whenever when it enters the battlefield investigate and whenever you sacrifice an artifact put a plus one plus one counter on gleaming gear drake so crime novelist just kind of pops off with this but it also just pops off by itself like sacking a treasure and adding red red or red plus any of the other colors that you need and then like we said there's i mean that gives you the matter to sacrifice your clue token which draws you a card and puts a plus one plus one counter on it so for two matter and two artifact objects you've got a card plus a three four three five all of a sudden like this thing's just gonna spiral out of control um i i know i know that um that it doesn't need any help, but yeah, in in Commander, if you've got uh, the uh, oh, I've gone blank on his name now, the Goblin that enters the battlefield and makes treasures equal to the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. I can picture the art, uh, Dox- but yeah, Dox- I know Dockside extortion. Yes. Thank you, surely. Um, yeah, this is completely. That I mean that card's completely busted by itself. Uh, also, 
Uh, I'd really like this with smothering ties. Seems really good. Like treasures are, are broken, right? The fact that they just went and made a bunch of cards that give you lotus petals and then this one doubles your mana. <laughs> like, I don't know. You boys are familiar, right? If it's free, it's me. You get free <laughs> mana from somewhere. There's a way to break yeah. it. Although everything you've just said, whilst amazing, is kind of like fair. Like unfair, but fair. Like you're like, this is all the value you can get out of it. There is like this thing's going to be in combo decks. It's going to do combo things in like many formats. I think like, and, and instantly I went to Thopter Sword, uh, but I am sure there is somebody out there with some sort of, you know, bigger brain than, than, you know, we have collectively that has already busted this card wide open in, you know, modern or something, because it is like, it is so easy to abuse an ability that adds red mana. So yeah, it, it's a good card, yeah. but in, in you know a, a deck built around it to abuse it, it, it is going to be a like oh I, I win the game now. I, like I'm going to do a lot of things, but just like let's just scoop them up. Yeah. Um. The place that jumps to mind for modern is like Asmo decks, which were yeah. you know quite often jund, and you create just infinite, infinite artifact tokens in that just with um. You know, Overchase Daredevil and with Asmo itself and the cookbook and like you just discarding, you just churn through your deck and this just unlocks all that stuff in terms of creating mana and drawing cards like that will pop off, I think, if there's room for it in that deck. But yeah, that's kind of where I jump to. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, yeah, potential brokenness in that card is what I see. What do we got next? Uh, I'll jump in, not with a red card, with a white card that uh, I saw popped up today on Twitter. Unyielding Gatekeeper, one and a white for a 3-2 Elephant Cleric uh, that has Disguise, also for one and a white. Uh, when Unyielding Gatekeeper is turned face up, exile another target non-land permanent. If you controlled it, return it to the battlefield tapped. Otherwise, its controller creates a 2-2 white and blue detective creature token. So multi-use this thing. You can put it down as a morph creature for three mana and then flip it over for two, which is pretty good, pretty easy to do, uh, and protect one of your own creatures. So someone targets one of your creatures with a removal spell, you can blink it. It does return to the battlefield tapped, which is obviously a slight downside, but if it means you're keeping your uh, your creature alive, it's also targeting non-land permanents, not just creatures, so that is uh, quite big. Otherwise, if you want to get rid of some uh, something of your opponents, you can turn you know that five mana enchantment or Emrakul into a two two white and blue detective creature token. Yeah, planeswalker, whatever battle, any anything like that, you can turn it into a two two creature. So we've seen you know things like a card that Cracker has played a whole lot of, Beast Within. You know, just turning mm-hmm. non land permanents into three threes has been good. We've seen a bunch of variations on that through the years. So, uh, yeah, this is another one that's good. And, and it reminded me of when we were sort of talking about Morph in previous Karns block. The card, the card that really did see a lot of play was Den Protector, which was oh, also yeah. a... It was one and a green, and its Morph cost, or Mega Morph in this case, was also one and a green. So, same same sort of cost. Uh, but this one was when it's turned face up, return target card from your graveyard to your hand. So, completely different abilities, but just the... The two mana creature that can also be morphed or undisguised, 
revealed, whatever you're calling flipping them over. Sure. Yeah, for for only two is pretty has has proven to be strong historically. So we may be seeing that with uh, with this creature. So this what do you think? Seems awesome. This, this modal spells are great. Really man. powerful. Yeah, there is also the third mode, which is just casting it as a two mana three two. Yeah, on two mana three two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, which is in a white aggressive deck, you know, is a thing that will come up. So this card's gas. I it, it it's a uh, a protection spell. It's a uh, a removal spell. It's a it's a beater. Like it's it's everything that like a white aggressive deck wants. I I can see you playing many of these cracker. <laughs> uh, yeah, all your I tell you what, it's not. <laughs> I tell you what, it's not. It's not a loxodon. Yeah, which no. is weird. I mean, I guess they're like Mirrodin block, Mirrodin plane. No, that's where they lay. Loxodons. Oh no, Smiter was from other places, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Anyway, I'm sure there's some reason. Don't know. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's uh yeah whatever. Um, <laughs> Shorty, tell us about no more lies. No more lies. Uh, well, this is yeah. <laughs> well, we uh, somehow I'm not reading out a bunch of red cards. What's going on? Uh, we have Manalik back into standard, which we've been saying we want for years and years and years, and finally we've basically got it. It's slightly improved, uh, but the mana cost's different. It's One and a white. Set after we get Cavern of Souls. <laughs> mm, yes. Yeah. One and a white instant counter target spell unless it's controller pays three. Manalik text. Uh, if that spell is counted this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. So, Cracker, how many of these are you going to cast? Zero. No, uh, 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 I wouldn't say zero. Well, it doesn't come in white I mean, boarded, so Cracker's not interested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, man. Jeskai decks, I'm on board. The problem is that it doesn't work with the thing that I just talked about because it's got no colors. But, no, it's- uh, Look, exiling stuff is really strong. That's, that's all there is to it. Like, there's too many ways to cheat things out of graveyards. And- uh, Having a spell that, you know, just gets rid of that as an option. Very, very good. Do you think decks in older formats, particularly the arena formats, that would play uh, Dovin's Veto, uh, would play this over the Mental Blank? It's- I think you'd play it over Dovin's Veto. Well, Dovin's Veto can't be like- counted. Like, it's a, it's a pretty powerful negate. Would you play this over the one that you can sacrifice a creature to- Make disappear? Make disappear, yeah. Yeah. I think this replaces make disappear in like explorer. Probably the men is tougher. Yeah, but you're already playing Dovin's Veto, right? Like you're, you're yeah. solidly blue white. Like you're only playing maybe like a field of ruin or something or, or two as your non blue white sources. So I, I look at it. I, I'd look at it. I don't know if it's an auto like I don't know if it's an upgrade or whether it's just you know how often are you sacking a creature in your deck to make them pay four instead of two. So therefore, is three more consistent, and is the exile more relevant in the in the meta at the time? I haven't played Explorer uh, in a while, so I can't really answer that. But definitely, that's where my mind goes with this. Uh, and if there's a deck for the, if there's like some kind of blue white control deck that comes out of you know uh, Call of Mana entering standard, then you know this is obviously something they're going to look at pretty closely as well. I like right. the card. I just don't know if it's got a home. Yeah, we'll wait and see. What yeah. do we got next? Cracker, you want to read one out? Sure. Uh, let's talk about Massacre Girl, because this is one I spotted when I was scrolling through. With, she's back. Uh, she's back. Massacre Girl, a known killer. I thought Correct. you were going to talk about Judith, Cracker. That's your- uh, Listen. <laughs> listen. First of all, <laughs> rude. <laughs> 
the good the, the okay so good the one song. plus side about judith <laughs> the one good the one good thing about judith here boys is that no one's going to be tricked at the uh early access event that it's a good car <laughs> <laughs> very true uh so massacre girl known killer is two black black for a four four uh, she has a menace and creatures you control have wither wither is a really old keyword and it says uh when creatures they deal damage to creatures in the form of minus one minus one counters so uh, very very cool kind of like um uh soul scar mage had effectively wither it was just never keyworded that's probably the most recent spell i can think of that turns your damaged base spells into minus one minus one counters uh and then it also has another ability it says whenever a creature an opponent controls dies if its toughness was less than one draw a card so obviously it dies when it goes becomes a zero zero rather than just having damage applied to it so yeah obviously you're trying to do combat damage to creatures or if there was like bio blight or something like that that swept the board you oh man draw so many cards yeah just like dismember something draw a card it's pretty good yeah yeah yep uh and a four mana four four menace is just good solid it's worth remembering that minus one minus one counters and plus one plus one counters counter they cancel each other gate each other yes they do yep yeah so if something's got a plus one, plus one counter on it, and then you put a minus one, minus one counter on it, you just remove the plus one, plus one counter. That's it. It has no counters. Yep. Um, I've got one more I want to talk about real quick, which actually wasn't on the list, but it's uh, one in a black for an instant called Long Goodbye. This spell can't be countered. Oh, I like this card. This includes by the ward ability. Destroy target creature or planeswalker with mana value three or less. I hate the words this can't be countered, and- which means the card's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they put on the well, yeah, the additional text. This includes by the ward ability, like that. That's a new player friendly thing because yeah, ward, ward ward. If you don't pay the ward cost, it counters the spell. So it's mm-hmm. it's not. It wasn't itself super intuitive to me the first time where I no, I, pay, no, I paid not. a ward thing and it was like oh actually my spells can't be counted. It's like I don't need to pay the ward for it because. The ward can't counter my spells. So, yeah, it does, yeah. does sort of make it a little bit clearer for, for new players, which is good. Would have, would have been nice if we had this sometime in the last two years with yeah. just all these Rafines running around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just nice, clean answer there. Yep, yep. Well, it's Rafines. No, Rafines not four mana, is it? No, it's three. No, it's three. It is. Yeah. It's just their spells. Three, three mana or less, sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. But it's got ward as well. Ward yep. one, yeah. Uh, we're getting a cycle of lands, Chewy. Yeah, Tell yeah. Us about I'm, these. I, I'm actually. I think these are pretty good. Uh, they are. I guess we're calling them the surveil cycle. So uh, the blue white one uh, is meticulous archive. It's the battlefield tapped, but it is a land plains island. So you know you can fetch it with your you know um, misty rainforest. So it's a or you can get it with a, uh, you know, someone besides you, your uh, whatever. So it's having basic land types is uh, really, really relevant. It's great. Coming to play tapped, not so great. But when Meticulous Archive enters the battlefield, surveil one. So that is a a great thing to have in your, uh, it, you know, in your in your in your deck. So I guess this is somewhere between an OG like Ravnica Jewel. 
like a shock land and a like a, a temple, right? So it's, it's sort of be- running the line in between those two um, cycles. So it's a it's it, it's a solid dual land that you know surveil is not unlike scry. Um, no, it's better. It's better than scry. Yeah, because you can yeah. put yeah. Something these in are just strict upgrades on all the temples. On the temples, like, yeah. Yeah, particularly I, I in like if you're playing temples in your commander deck, replace them with these, right? Straight up. Yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah the fact that they're fetchable and like you said, you can get them off beside you or you know any of that sort of stuff. Farsic, uh, right? Whatever you're doing in your commander yep. deck. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty good. So there's a, a cycle of ten, uh, which is I believe there's ten. I don't know if all ten have been previewed yet, but uh, they are they're they're good. Like they're. I did hear that they're not going to be in the rare slot. They're going to, even though they're rares, they're going to be in a different spot in a booster pack in the, in the wild card slot where you might mm-hmm. get like the tokens and things like that. Normally, I I haven't read anywhere that that's been confirmed, but I am hearing that. Uh, so that's cool because sometimes you, you sit down at your pre-release and you open your you know six boosters and you get three dual lands and while you're like, okay, well I've got these now. But you're also like, gee, I wish I had some rares for my sealed pool. So it's a, um, I think that's a, a pretty good way of doing it as long as, yeah, they're, um, they're at, as long as that doesn't mean that the printing is actually more super, scarce. Super rare. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, as long as it, nah, they, it, they won't be. The numbers are up. And look, I, I don't think these are going to be super expensive. Nah. Like they might be, you know, five bucks each or something. Yeah. They're not going to be 25 Which is bucks what the each. temples kind of were when they were in standard. Yeah, yeah, temples were a dollar. Oh, they are now. They are like now. When cents, they first got when they were printed. in standard, they were, and that that was what you were playing in standard at the time. The, the first time they were printed, yeah, yeah. But they they got printed into the ground, I guess. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. But these these are just a, an upgrade. So I think they're yep. great, and I think you know I I play a number of temples in like in a, a couple of my commander decks, right? Some of my more budget decks and and things, you know, my lower power deck. You know, you th- you throw in a temple, and you know the scry's good, but yeah, the ability to put something into the bin uh, is much more powerful than putting it on the bottom of the of your library. So, yeah, well, especially um, in like we we just talked about before the collect evidence mechanic, where you're wanting to exile things from your own graveyard, having yeah. a, another way to easily put things into your graveyard is pretty handy. There's also the descend mechanic, which is whenever a um, permanent card is put into your graveyard from anywhere, you descend from the previous set. Yeah. So yep. that'll trigger those things as well. So yeah, there's a bunch of ways that surveil is just yeah, good better. call out. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Speak, speaking of got, calls, no, we got we got two cards left to talk about, and they're both red matter. <laughs> what are you referring to? Are you referring to? Oh my god, it's lightning helix. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yep. Yeah, uh, lightning helix is back in standard. It's been. Oh boy, it's been a very, very long time. OG Ravnica was the last time we saw Lightning Helix. I've cast but- this card so many times. Oh, yeah, I'm so yep. excited. If, if you don't know what it does, it is red and a white for an instant. It deals three damage to any target and you gain three life. So, it's pretty much yeah, the best magic cool. card ever printed, by the way. Uh, like, there's, a, there's a little card called Electrolyze that I like better, but okay, it's, it's, it's very Just, close. So you guys heard of this card called... Ancestral Recall. <laughs> <laughs> or Assassin's Trophy. <laughs> yes, also being reprinted into this yeah. set. Uh, yeah, obviously not, not the best card ever, but uh, really great removal spell. Kills yep. anything, they can go get a land. 
Yeah, I standard's about to get like I know there's like a five color deck in standard, but like the color requirements in standard are going to get a little more uh, demanding, I guess, uh, with things like Assassin's Trophy and Lightning Helix and 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 the like. Um, there's even uh, like Deadly Complication is a solid removal spell, destroy target creature and put a counter on target suspect you control. You may have it no longer become suspected. You know, there's a bunch of, like, multicolored cards. It's Ravnica. You expect multicolored spells. Uh, it's, uh, so I feel like the the mana demands, we'll have be looking at the numbers in our mana bases probably a little more closely. But, yeah, Assassin's Trophy and Lightning Helix, we can probably bundle them together in just, like, really good removal spells in standard. So I'm, I, I like having both of them. They're, they're really good options. Efficient removal. Creatures are really good. You know, you, you think about, you know, the Ferox that we saw. There's like a four mana, four or five black creature that like drains you when you, when you draw a card and when it's on the other side of the battlefield. I can't remember what it's called. It doesn't get played very often, but you know, a good thing to kill. What's it called? Shieldred or something? Can't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing nah, that correctly. No, that card doesn't see much play. No, no, not at all. So, you know, ways to, ways to deal with, like, creatures have gotten better and better and better, but I feel like the removal spells, whilst they've been, they've, we've had good removal spells, uh, they haven't had the same sort of love that creatures have had. So it this Assassin's Trophy and Lightning Helix feels like it doesn't catch them up, but it, it bridges the gap a little uh, and makes... Because point removal's been garbage, like... like Doomblade, right, or, or whatever, like terror effects, because creatures do so much these days that, like, if it's not a sweeper or doesn't give you some other type of value, think like the angel that with the kicker that like shoots stuff when it comes in. Uh, if you're not getting that extra value, like a straight up terror hasn't been good, but these are super efficient removal spells then, you know, they become more playable. And Lightning Helix also, like, kills Planeswalkers and shoots face uh, and wins races. So it, it's great. So I love it. I, uh, I'm i really glad to see them back. Yep, absolutely. All right. Uh, that'll do us for previews. Uh, yeah, the set is looking interesting and looking pretty cool. The next podcast we do in a fortnight will be just before the set uh, just before the pre-release, so we will have the full preview set uh, by then, so we can go through a few more cards and maybe talk about the limited mechanics if we're going to do that sort of thing. We'll see how we go. Last thing on the way out the door is the Envy, the 2023 Envy Woohoo! that we're going to be doing in March 2024. The eventual <laughs> Envy. Uh, yeah, Thanks, we uh, we're finally going to be getting it done. So yeah, it's taken a while to get there, but we we did. And uh, yeah, if you watched my stream on Tuesday night, you would have seen the uh, the final match. We had the AV Cable taking out Joffrey Bieber in the finals. Yeah, it was a good match actually, two two one victory, and uh, yeah, a couple of misplays on Joffrey Bieber's part, but. Them's the breaks. So, if you want to watch that, go and check it out on YouTube. We'll put the the video up on there, cutting out all the the fluff. Uh, you do miss out on the snack plate cam, but if you really want to see that, you can go and watch the vod. So yeah, Envy will be the stream for the Envy will be on the second of March. The format's going to be standard. We've got our sixteen players that have qualified. We will post up. I'm just waiting on Jmar just to finish 
the actual final standings for me so I can release it. But I'll post that up with some details for the Envy in the next week. 16 players, be double elimination, and we'll be getting them to play the early rounds of that in advance like we've done in the last couple of years. And then, uh, yeah, doing the stream, probably, you know, eight to ten matches of the uh, the rest of the double elimination bracket until we crown the 2023 Invitational Champions. So going to be lots of giveaways, all the usual fun shenanigans that we have on those streams. So put that in your diary now, 2nd of March, and make sure you're tuning in because they are always a lot of fun. I'll be definitely looking forward to that. Me that's going to do us, I think, for this week. We're, we've gone long and we started late, so going to be a late one tonight. Is what it is. It's what happens when we're, we don't record for a month. So... I will just quickly do the wrap-up on the way out and just say go to magicbeanscast.com and find the links for everything. That'll give you all the information you need. And if you would like to get a hold of me for any reason, you can find me on Twitter, at Peace Inc. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that is going to do us for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there, and we will see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>